Ready for a different kind of distance? In South Dakota's open spaces, there's room to ride, stop, and explore. When you're ready to travel, great places are waiting. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, the Extra Extra in the podcast. We are coming to you this afternoon, Monday. That would be March the 5th. Appreciate everybody listening. Coming to you from Fargo, North Dakota, as we are inside Shields Arena. We are bringing you the 2018 USA Curling Nationals right here on the 12th in Sports Network, joined by my colleague Joe Calabrese and certainly our good friend Jerry Gertz, President and CEO of Curling Zone, Fedora and all. Guys, Underway here at Nationals. We'll get into everything, but uh, so far, so good. Yeah, it's been a great uh, championship so far. A lot of chalk uh, being uh, outlined here in uh, the results, but, you know, it, it's been a good a good event uh, with a lot of uh, new faces, and I think that that's going to be a good story this week. Yeah, yep. new faces on the ice, a little bit of a different crew out uh, helping run and manage the event as well. There's, uh, you know, uh, Team Schuster and uh, Rick and Terry have been out uh touring the country and supporting uh you know this newfound uh, olympic gold medal yeah it's a uh, it is a little bit of a skeleton crew here joe we're uh we're learning to uh to uh survive ourselves without uh you know the normal abundance of help and you know the benevolent dictator not here that's right but we are uh we are surviving we are eating we are snowing we are doing a lot of things here but we are uh we're obviously seeing some good curling as you mentioned some new faces and you know, not really a whole lot of surprises so far, but, uh, you know, the, it is young. We've only uh, really played one full day, uh, really about a day and a half through this so far. Yeah, just four draws on the men's side and two on the women's as we're recording this right now. And uh, it, the story is sort of survive in advance. It's, uh, you know, the March Madness kind of story here. And, uh, you know, there's uh, some openings here to make the page playoffs on both sides as, <clears throat> as we're early into this draw. Yeah. Jerry? Yeah, you look at... Uh you know, I guess uh, we'll touch on the men's side first. Yeah. Uh, you know, Team Persinger with uh, Rich Ruin and uh, Skipping throwing third stones is uh, off to a great start, playing really well. I was uh, actually statting that game uh, uh, this morning, so mm-hmm. I got a good chance to follow it pretty closely. Um, you know, the, I think the real story in that game, uh, Sean Rojeski just had one to forget. Yeah. Um, he had a hard time in that game, and I, it left the door open for Persinger most of the time, and and they really took advantage of it. Uh, you know, Rich is playing really well. Um, and Colin Huffman, again, you know, very underrated player, kind of just quietly goes about his business. And, and uh, you know, these guys just continue to find themselves in the mix. Yeah. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Richie Ruin in here in a second as they uh, get a win this morning. Battle of unbeaten 3-0 and teams against Pete Vincent and company. Uh, team Persinger skipped by Rich Ruin and uh, throwing third rocks, but uh, on the broom they they defeat uh, Fenson this morning six to three. Here's Rich Runin after the game. 
uh, you know, I, I thought we were in control of it. We won the hammer, and, and we pretty much controlled the whole game. I mean, we were never really in a, in big trouble. Uh, maybe a little bit when I made that run back double, and, and then we got out of it with a great shot, great freeze by Greg. So, but that was really the only end they had us, and uh, and Pete made a couple of shots just to save them. So I felt like we were in total control, and we're playing well. We're putting the rocks in the right spot, and uh, we're our misses are the right side misses. If there and there isn't been many misses, so I, I think we I would I wouldn't be surprised if we shot in the 90s at all atop across the board. So. All right, that's Richie Ruinen right there. As you mentioned, uh, as he said, we'll let uh, Jerry confirm this, but said, uh, believe every single person on that team threw above 90% uh, were his comments after there, Jerry. Were they all above 90? I think we had uh, Greg's numbers a little lower than that, yep. but, you know, at Skip, a lot of times you end up falling into that trap where there's, you know, some all-or-nothing shots, and, you know, you don't necessarily feel the same way about shooting percentages as you do about how you feel on the ice. The numbers sometimes don't totally line up right. But, uh, you know, they, they made all the shots they had to. You know, they really set themselves up well and, and uh, you know, were ahead from start to finish in that lineup. Yeah, yeah even though um, you know, the scoreboard didn't really indicate it, it felt very much like Persinger was in control most of that game. Um, Fenson kept trying to, to set up the corner guard game, and it didn't ever really got there for him. I mean, he, um, there were mistakes made, and, and well, Pete himself threw pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he was over ninety percent. He was a doubles machine out there. Yeah, he was. He was keeping them <laughs> in it, but uh, it it just wasn't enough today. Yeah, yeah that wasn't your standard uh, uh, Pete Fenson uh, game that you would necessarily see. You know, he's not known for being the big doubles guy, but he made a ton that game. You know, <laughs> being more of a touch guy and and setting up and finishing games, and I'm sure that's what he'd rather be doing at the end of the day. But uh, you know, that game was close at the end. You know, purely due to the way Pete played. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, then over on Sheet A, you had uh, McCormick and Nurnberger in a game that was uh, between two teams, two and one. And McCormick wound up winning that game in the in the tenth with a deuce. Um, yeah, I ended up I ended up watching that game a bit too. Um, I've got uh, doing a little bit of work with Heath's team this week, and and you know the they they struggled with rock placement mm-hmm. you know they didn't really do a great job of putting rocks in good places they missed some opportunities but they you know they ground they battled it was really a, a fight where you know right down to the end they stayed close they you know they they made the shots they had to and then in the end they they capitalized on some mistakes in the 10th end by Nurnberger's team yeah with the win uh, heater McCormick 5-4 in the Pete Fenson loss to Persinger now a tie at second between Fenson and McCormick 3 and 1 uh, in the standings here's Corey Dropkin after the game we, uh, we kind of got off a little bit to a slow start. We were just kind of having a difficult time capitalizing at the right moments. And, um, you know, the other boys were throwing really well, making some crazy shots. And so it was definitely a battle out there today. How you guys uh, feel where you're at right now? Just uh, just kind of grinding away? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the whole week's going to be a grind. Um, you know, starting out 3-1, and one, we're in pretty good position, I'd say. We just got to keep focusing on, uh, you know, staying in the present one game at a time and, you know, let things fall how they're going to fall. So there's Corey Dropkin, Team Persinger 4-0, Fenton McCormick 3-1 as we've got another men's draw coming up 7 o'clock tonight Central Time. You can obviously see all the action on the TESN web stream. And we'll bring it to you right there. You can check it out, usacurl.org. Also it, down on the men's standings, we got a log jam, guys. Really, uh, it, It's going to be up for grabs, maybe that fourth and final spot for the playoffs. But Todd Burr, uh, Jed Brundage, who's now won two straight after going 0-2 to begin this thing. Uh, and then Nick Conley. 
Croy Nurnberger, a four-way tie for fourth right now, all at two and two. Yeah, you know, uh, sort of talk about moving day and curling in an event like this, a long weekend event, mm-hmm. uh, a week-long event, and today and tomorrow is the three games that I would consider to be moving day. And you know, Todd Burr had a rough game against um, uh, Alex Lakner this yep. morning, and um, you know, drops them to two and two uh, in, into that that logjam that you talked about. Um, whoever kind of emerges, I think, of these next three with with three wins is going to really position themselves really well to be that that fourth team. Yeah, and down at the bottom, Tucker Smith, the late entry because of the uh, John Schuster withdrawal from uh, U.S. Nationals. Here, Tucker Smith gets in as one in three, got a victory over Alex Leichter, first game. I believe that was first game of the day yesterday, Sunday morning, 10-3. to 3. And then Scott Dunham, 0-4 at the bottom. But Scott Dunham has even had, a, I believe, what, two games where he had a shot, a final rock to win it. Stone, I believe, was light in both. Correct me if I'm wrong. But still, they you know, just can't convert on the last rock when it was there. And uh, they're just sitting there 0-4. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's a good young team. You yeah. know, they've... They, uh, you know they're here gaining some valuable experience yep. getting a feel on this arena ice and you know for fans at home you know you see a team like that the experience out here is important that this arena ice definitely is a little different yep you know you have to make sure that you throw a good rotation you got to be out firm to the broom you know on the curling club you can get away with you know those soft handles and 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 not finishing that release but out here, if you play it like that, you're going to get eight feet of curl, and mm-hmm. that's not going to give you good, consistent deliveries. So, you know, the more these young teams get out here and play, the better it is for them. Yeah, Dunham had his chance against Connolly today. He had a couple chances, actually, yeah. um, and it just didn't quite work out. The rocks were you know, overcurled just a little bit, I think, in a couple of attempts, and it kind of hurt him. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you know getting this uh, experience for Scott Dunham, and this is his first U.S. Nationals. Is we've got a lot of new faces here, we'll, especially on the women's side too, which we'll talk about it here coming up uh, in just a few minutes. We'll step away. Going to bring you an interview here in the next segment. It's going to be Megan Lino and Justin Marshall, two of our Paralympic curlers representing Team USA, going to be competing at the upcoming Paralympics, which opening ceremonies will take place later this week in Pyeongchang. Uh, team skipped by Steve Dimp, also Kirk uh, Black, and Penny Greeley. That is the five-person Team USA curling team that will compete at the Paralympics. And a great interview, just a lot of fun talking with uh, Megan and, and Justin. Uh, and then later this week, going to bring you a really emotional and a, and a fantastic interview with Kirk and Steve. I did a pair of U.S. Army veterans, but obviously part of this uh, Team USA curling team going to get to wear the stars and stripes on their sleeve in a little bit different manner. And it was really a powerful conversation we had. So we'll bring you that one a little bit later in the week. But here in the next segment, Megan Lino and Justin Marshall from Team USA's Paralympic Curling Team. And then we'll be back here to close it up and talk about the women's side here at the U.S. National Championship in Fargo, North Dakota. We'll be right back. All right, welcome into the Extra Extra podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Isagenix, Price Atkinson, and honored to be joined by two Paralympians going to represent the United States of America at the upcoming Paralympic Games in South Korea, March 8th through the 18th. Megan Lino, who is a Paralympian from 2014 in Sochi, going to make her second trip back to the Paralympic Games, and then Justin Marshall going to make your first trip Guys, first of all, 
biggest thing I can say to you both is congratulations. What an honor it is to be a Paralympian to wear the Stars and Stripes. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very honored. Very excited. Yeah. yeah I, thank you very much. It's an honor for you to be with us, too. Oh, shoot. This is just all, the honor's all us, our, our listeners and myself, to just be able to talk with you guys because but this is just you guys are. Let me. You're going to wear the stars and stripes to compete against the world's best in your sport. It's the highest honor in athletics. I just can't imagine. It's something titles you guys will have forever that you are have already experienced, Megan. Yes, that's true, and um, it's an amazing experience. The first time I went over, and uh, we were there, uh, same venue prior Mm -hmm. for the worlds, and it's a whole nother feeling you get when you show up and everything switched over to the Paralympic symbol. I'm yeah. Justin, I told him when he, before I said, uh, just soak it all in. Yeah. It, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. And enjoy yourself. Cause, and remember everything you can. What about so. it, Justin? I mean, just crazy. And just what an honor, man. Yeah. It's still a little bit surreal. I, I, you know, day to day, you kind of almost forget about it in a way yeah. until you come to big competitions or start training again and uh, get back with the team. And then all of a sudden it kind of hits you again and things yeah. like this remind you. But like Megan said, uh, even when you go to like, uh, I mean, been to the world championships the last couple of years um, and that was just an amazing experience. But now, you know, with the hype of the Olympics and the Paralympics and everything that goes on with that, just kind of takes it to the next level. And, uh, Excited to go. Yeah. Really excited to experience it all. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with uh, Justin Marshall and Megan Lino as uh, members of the Paralympic curling team, going to represent Team USA in South Korea March 8th through the 18th again. And, you know, you've had this experience, Megan. You you just, you know, talked about it and shared a little bit about it. But, you know, competing at the World Championships, which you've done several times, and, Justin, you've competed at the Worlds too. But yes, sir. How is the Olympics different, that stage, the pressure, the atmosphere? How is it different than anything else, Megan? Um, the, it's a grander stage. Mm-hmm. So there's more people watching. You know there's more people watching. Um, the pressure is there, but you got to get by everything and just focus on why you're there. That's, yeah. And that's what I felt I did um, back in 14. So I going into this one, I, I want to... F- Still be very focused on the game, and um, I think before too, I mm-hmm. I I was just in awe. I really was. Yeah. So going back, and I know a little <clears throat> bit of kind of what's going to happen, and you just go with the flow. And I, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Yeah, no doubt about it. You guys had the you know I think two day kind of a skills. Uh, you know, competition in Wausau were yep, it yep. wasn't a, I don't want to call it the Olympic trials. Maybe you would call it more of a trials, but kind of that last chance to make the impression that you need to make to hopefully be selected. What was it like when you got the call to say you you made the team? Uh, just surreal. Again, yeah. surreal. Uh, at first, it doesn't really even hit you. It's just kind of like, oh, all yeah. right, yeah, cool, all right. And then <laughs> about 10 minutes later, you start freaking out inside. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, you just realize what happened. Uh, you know, the last three, actually, I've been four years. You know, you've been training every day for four years. And yep. this was the ultimate goal. And now, finally, finally, it's all coming to fruition. So it's nice to see all the hard work finally paying off and, uh you making your goals and you know achieving what you've really really come here to do because everyone mm-hmm. you know obviously the world championships are still a big deal for the mm-hmm. years previous but 
in the same sense, a lot of people don't even know that there are world championships yeah. every year when there's not a Paralympic year. So uh, everyone's going to be watching at the Paralympics. And uh, so, yeah, when when you're finally told and you've you've made it, it's uh, you know it's a mixed bag of emotions. Yeah. There's just so much going on in your mind. And uh, but glad it happened yeah yeah absolutely talking with megan leno and, and justin marshall just an honor to to have a few minutes with you guys because we're going to be obviously coming i'm going to be coming off my seat and couch recliner just going nuts for you guys it's just going to be awesome. impossible to awesome. contain it at home I, I just can't wait to see you guys i'm probably going to cry when i see you guys out there but we're going to save that for later awesome but, good you know megan is a 10-year veteran of the team i mean you're you're kind of the you are the veteran of this team. You've experienced the Olympics before. I mean, you've been around the block a little bit more than some of these guys who are fairly new to the sport. Mm-hmm. What have you shared with him? You mentioned a little bit you talked with him about, but you know, Steve, who's the skip of the team, who you really close could, could you know close friends with. What have you shared with him and, and everybody about you know preparing? What you're going to experience? You know, what we need to do. What are some of the you know things you've imparted on them, if anything? Um, just prepare yourself for anything mm-hmm. um and just accept what happens and enjoy it that's yeah what i what i've been saying from the beginning um it it is it's an experience and first time going out there you're going to be nervous but that's normal yeah even me i'm going to be norm i'm going to be uh nervous this time around as well yeah um i think the the five of us are just ready to go yeah. and it's it's metal time. That's that's what it is in, with us. That's what I like to hear. Yep. Metal time. Absolutely. Fifth place, fifth place uh, in Sochi in 2014. And, you know, I'm sure, especially you, haven't been there, but all of you guys, I mean, talking with Steve and Kirk and, and Penny, obviously, is uh, the other member of the team. You're, you guys aren't going there to, you know, have a great time. I mean, certainly you're, you want to have a good time. My point is, you're not just going over there happy to be here. We're going over there to kick some butt yep. and get on the podium. Yeah, we've That's been talking it. about it. And basically, we you know we look at these trips uh, as business trips. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, we want to have some fun and enjoy ourselves sure. and take it all in. But we're there for business. You yeah. Know, we're there for to compete and uh, try and concentrate. And even with all the pomp and circumstance going on, you know, we just need to concentrate on what we're there right. for. Yeah. That's obviously bringing home a medal for the U.S. Yeah, as we talk with uh, Megan Lino and Justin Marshall, and uh, certainly seasoned in U.S. Opens and World Championships, and you know, what is one of the things that you're most looking forward to about this experience? You're going to have a, I imagine, and talking with John Schuster a couple times, each experience is a little bit different than the other. You obviously your first experience. What are the things that you guys are? most looking forward to with this upcoming trip, whether it be the Korean barbecue that I heard that uh, – <laughs> and talking uh, – who was it earlier? Trini Kuznarek, who's going to be with NBC uh, you know, uh, Sports and doing the sideline stuff. You, you guys have – she told me she's most looking forward to the Korean barbecue. Is it walk? Is it uh, you know in the opening ceremonies, the closing ceremonies, eat, meeting other athletes? Uh, what are the things that you guys are most excited about with this journey coming up? I would say for me, like, I'm really looking forward, actually, to the opening ceremony. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's one of the moments you know that the truly the whole world's watching. Sure. Uh, everyone watches the opening ceremony. Uh, in the past, I don't know how many Olympics, I have a party at my house usually during the opening ceremony, whether yeah. it's winter or summer games, yep. and we just kind of celebrate, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, getting to roll out right behind the flag uh, as everyone's watching, that's that's going to be huge. And then also just kind of... You know, living in the Olympic Village, uh, hanging oh, yeah. out with other Olympians and uh, 
just kind of you know taking into all the, the whole vibe. Yeah, absolutely, Megan. Um, I I would say the the thing I'm most looking forward to is um, seeing the venue. Yeah. For one, um, and then just seeing how it's laid out, see how it's different compared to what I've seen. Sure. Um, and my number one thing is being to be ready to be on the ice. I I want to. I'm looking forward to playing. Yeah, I know that's going to be a long on uh, the stage, the yeah. world stage. That's I want to be back there, and we know what we need to do, and that's what we're gonna we're going there to do it. Yeah, that's no doubt about it. So, and that's something you you got to embrace if you're going to get on a podium at Olympic Games. It, you mentioned nerves. If you're not nervous, then something is wrong because right. ev- anybody that's Absolutely. human got a pulse is going to be nervous. But you know, almost embrace that competition. Look, we know that we're going up against the best, but bring it on. Because that's when that that's what helps facilitate, you know, the success in a little bit of a way. Yeah, you got to let that fuel you. You know, you got to be able to keep it in check, but understand that you know people, everyone else is there to do the exact same thing you are, and so you just have to do it a little bit better than them. Yeah, yeah. Again, talking with Justin Marshall and Megan Lino, and have you pictured? Have you guys been able to to picture? You know, Megan, I know it's not been that long, and Justin, since you guys have been named to the team, but you know, having been there before, having had these dreams, have you have you had that dream of hearing the national anthem, the national anthem of the United States playing, and you guys, you know, the the dream of of winning a gold medal? Has that you guys think about that? Is that part of the drive? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm mean, one of the things we work on a lot, mm-hmm. uh, just on a personal level and as a team, is mental management. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, you visualize good shots, you visualize winning games, and you visualize winning medals. So, I've definitely, you know, thought about yeah. what it would be like. And even oddly enough, like when this uh, the mixed doubles trials began out here, and they sang the national anthem, even that alone kind of gave me goosebumps yeah. thinking yeah. about what could be. You know, so it's definitely uh, always kind of in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's really cool that just noticing the interactions and talking with Steve and Kirk about it too, but just, you know, the way I mean, everybody in this sport in curling, is it's one big family. And to watch guys, mm-hmm. you know, Jamie Sinclair, Nina Roth, uh, John Schuster, I mean, Corey, I mean, all the different guys and, and girls that are women that are on the ice out there now and, you know, that are competing, that are going to be competing in February, it's – you guys play together. You compete against each other. You know, you play, you talk, you hang out. You, you, you're close. I love to see that camaraderie that everybody's got. You know, within the sport that you have with it, with the other guys that are going to the Olympics or that have experienced it before. Yeah, when we got here, kind of realized that uh, you know, there's at least like four players here from the Madison Curling Club. Plus, yeah. like me and Kirk, we both curl out Madison. And then right. you got the Hamiltons, uh, Nina and Croy. So there's. You know, six potential, five actually for sure, and six potential Olympians yeah. all out of one curling club. So, wow. it's it's a it's a tight knit community, and there's definitely regular faces that you see all the time. You know, you just keep meeting up in the same places. It seems like. Yeah, and you're Justin. You're from Evansville, Wisconsin, yep. and Megan yep. from East Falmouth, uh, Massachusetts. Yep. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Ah, uh, see, I nice. knew it. I got relatives yeah. in the Boston area. I, I try. You know, it's not Peabody. It's Peabody. Yeah, you know? it's on the That's it's it. on the emphasis. That's yep. right. So as we begin to wrap up here, and uh, Justin and Megan, um, I guess really one of the last questions I've got for you guys is, you know, I I talked with Steve and Kirk about this, and to me, you guys are heroes because, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously served our country in the military, but also you guys all together because I look at you guys as heroes in busting uh, stereotypes. That even you may have a disability. 
It doesn't matter. You don't have to stay down. You can get up. You can keep going. But you can, like you guys show, you can go compete in the highest level of your sport. I just think is incredible and is, and is something that everybody, you guys are role models, that young people, people my age, can look up to you all. I think uh, one of the most important things I've learned along the way uh, competing in this sport is goal setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started this sport, you know, I thought it was just going to be something casual that I did for fun. And then I realized that maybe there's a chance. So I set a goal of becoming, you know, on the high performance team. Yep. And then my next goal was, you know, making the world championship team. And now then it was the Olympic team. Yep. Um, and so whether it's sport or it's in your personal life or if it's a, your career or whatever it is, you know, I think goal setting is just a, a huge thing that it can help anybody, you know, yeah. whether you're disabled or able-bodied or whatever it happened to be, you know, you, you set a goal and you go after yeah. it and you, you figure out what you're capable of. Sure. And I think that that's something that anyone can and should do with right. themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Megan. Yeah, I would agree with Justin. It's, um, it's all on what you want in life yeah. is what it is. It's, um, and if you want something bad enough, you'll do anything to get it. Yeah. Yep, got to push yourself, become the best you can be with, you know, with the cards you're given. Yeah. So that's our goal out here. Well, I, I speak for myself. I speak for our, our listeners here at the Extra Extra Podcast. I mean, I speak for all curling fans across the country and, and everybody that's going to tune in. I mean, we're, we're just beyond thrilled. Cannot wait to see you guys go out there in that opening ceremony. And most importantly, like I said, I'm going to tear up seeing you guys take that ice for the first time because it's just an honor. It's an honor to talk with you guys and just to have that to wear the stars and stripes like on the hat, you know, on your on your pants right here. Yep. It's just something that I pinch myself and say, you know, you'll always be able to call yourself, you know, an Olympian. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate everyone's support, you know. Uh, everyone that we've met along the way has been 100% behind us, and we absolutely love it. So, uh we hope to do you proud. Well, uh, you guys have already done us proud. It doesn't matter what happens. You've already uh, are heroes, winners in our book. It really doesn't matter. But I will just say this. Go home. Go out there and uh, give them hell, guys. Sounds good. Will do. Appreciate Thank it. Thank much. you. All right. Justin Marshall, Megan Lino from the Team USA Paralympic Curling Team going to do battle against 12 or 11 other teams, 12 total, March 8th through the 18th in South Korea. Just can't wait to cheer them on. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Isogenics. All right, welcome back in Shields Arena. Just a great interview with Megan and Justin pulling so hard for those guys. Going to have their chance at gold there in South Korea, guys, but joined by Joe Calabrese and Jerry Gert still here in Shields Arena as we've got a little bit of time before our one and only women's draw here uh, of the day coming up 2.30 p.m. as it's a Monday afternoon, 2.30 central time. I appreciate everybody listening here on the podcast, and we're going to do this again a little bit later in the week. You probably won't get one tomorrow or the next day as we've got a jam-packed four-draw day on Tuesday and Wednesday but we will be back probably again Thursday. So just that programming note, uh, another podcast later in the week. But on the women's side, guys, <clears throat> right now uh, two draws, two draws underway or two draws in the books. But right now a three-way top tie atop the standings. Team Christensen right now, at least to this point, skipped by Sarah Anderson, Cora Farrell, uh, one of the high-performance junior teams, and then Jamie Sinclair, all three 2-0 leading the way. Yeah, good start uh, by uh, all three of those teams. Cora Farrell's uh, win last night uh, 
I believe they were playing uh, one of the Podol, one of the Podol uh, sisters. A really clutch draw by Cora with her last, put it on the button for the win in the tenth end. And you know, for a young team like that to step on the ice and 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 play with such poise is is very impressive. Mm-hmm. In two games, Joe, where they, they dug holes, uh, Team Farrell did in both games, and they came roaring back uh, for you know, two wins, but you don't want to kind of dig that hole continually all week, but so far they've been able to get out of it. Yeah, you better put Farrell away in the first few ends because yeah. <laughs> after the fourth end, they seem to find their way and uh, come roaring back, and uh, I think that they stole three consecutive ends in both games, something like that. It was a, it was some crazy uh, line scores when you look at that Farrell game. Yeah, they, in speaking of putting away, that's what Team Sinclair, their next opponent, will likely need to do at least shut the door early but team Sinclair and Farrell will be our feature game coming up uh, here at 2 30 p.m uh or you have already listened or watched that game and are now listening to this so that is our feature women's game here on the one draw day uh here for the women's side of things and Jamie Sinclair uh, we'll get to Christensen here in a second so we'll hear from Natalie Nicholson on that team but Jamie Sinclair uh 2-0 guys they get a win over Emily Anderson 6-3 I believe that one was, and then they get a 5-1 to one victory over Kim Rimes. So Sinclair right now probably, as we all thought, the favorite coming in here, uh, doing what she needs to do, Jerry. Yeah, I, you know, you're going to give Sinclair the obvious favorite tag, but we definitely can't count out Christensen. Sure, absolutely. Um, the season they had this year, they really learned a ton. Uh, they played, uh, yep. I think, their their real breakthrough result uh, early in the season. You know, they went to Oakville, played in a in a, uh-huh. you know, a, a B-level uh Ontario Tour event, and then uh, and then went off to Stockholm, Sweden, where I believe they made the semifinals in the Stockholm Ladies Cup, which yep. is a, a major yep. World Curling Tour event. So, you know, they, they've really got to be building on this experience all year, and now with Corey coming back in the lineup uh, at some point this week, you know, it's I think it's going to uh, create a, a, a really good challenge for Jamie Sinclair in the end. Yeah. So let, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, when we have the leaders at Christensen, Farrell, Sinclair, sort of what you'd expect so far. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Emily Anderson and Kim Ryan. They're, they're both 0-2, but their losses came against Christensen and Sinclair. So they've gotten the, the two of the top three teams out of the way. And in an eight-team field and four teams make the playoffs, I think either of them can make a run here. And, and they're probably going to, one or the other, they're probably in, whoever wins that game, it has a good chance of making that. that yeah, that yeah. Form. You mix Farrell in there as we, as we talked about, but you know Anderson, lots of experience on that team, and and then Kim Rhymes' team. You know, it's it's a team I think many people don't really recognize the name of, but uh, they're a young squad out of Blaine, and they've put in the work this season. They've traveled to uh, several events. They've played in Ontario and Canada mm-hmm. in in a few events this season, and. You know, they, they haven't had the greatest of results, but that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's about playing good games, playing good teams, and, and getting that feel out on the ice. Yeah. I, can, I can tell you another thing. I mean, they, they had a really rough go of it against uh, Christensen in the first game. Um, they came back, they regrouped. They had a game plan against uh, Sinclair, and they blanked, I think it was five, ends, six, five or six ends in a row to get to a point where they, they were in the game only down 2 nothing. Yeah. Um, and they... They executed that game plan. Now, they didn't, it didn't come out with a win, but it tells me that they can change gears and play different styles, and I think that that's, that's a really good sign. Yeah, yeah, they've also invested in, in bringing in a, in a top-quality coach as well, uh, Ken McDonald, who's out of the Vancouver, uh, British Columbia area in Canada, 
is uh, down working with the team, and and that's a connection through John Benton. Yeah, uh, John uh, knew of Ken, and and you know I don't know the full story behind it, but the Rhyme team was looking for some help, looking for some coaching, and that connection was made. And and Ken is down here. This is his first time working with the team, but you know they're you know they're doing all the little things to continue getting better and and you know this is a this is a good stepping stone for the rhyme team and i expect them you know they're showing Owen to bottom of the table right now but uh I expect to see them uh, rise through that ranking fairly quickly yeah and emily anderson Owen to as well that they their losses which we touched on you know obviously a gauntlet to begin with uh christensen and sinclair but you know that was a game that they lost against Sinclair. That I think it was a lot closer than the score indicated indicates at five to one, where it was really a, a pretty nip and tuck game. I want to say until the final, maybe two wins, and of course the game last night against uh, her sisters, uh, you know Sarah and Taylor. You know that really th- that that was a game that was really in doubt till the final end when it got really messy at the end, and they just were <laughs> they really didn't have much of a chance. Way a couple of those rocks were locked in there, but. I mean, oh, they, yeah, they had they had hammer in yeah. the ninth end. They gave up that steal of two, which was uh, unfortunate. A little bit of a of a you know inexperienced mistake there. I think <coughs> the ice probably caught them on that last shot where they rolled out. Um, but they had their chances exactly. I mean, in that game. I mean, they had literally they had control of the hammer. They had a very close game. Um, it's just the little things. It's the, it's the half rolls out. It's the it's yeah. those things that are that are going to hurt you at the end. You can't afford to have. Uh, your rocks roll out of play when you have hammer. Yeah. And then the rest of the field here, you know, you look at Christine McMakin and Podal, Beth Podal, you know, junior teams or just out of junior players, you know, they're all, you know, gaining some valuable experience. And Absolutely. I actually, you know, looking at this field, I feel really good about the women's ranks and, and the opportunities for these teams to continue to get better. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a, you know, there's some, there's some depth coming. Yeah, and these games have been pretty competitive for the most part. I mean, you know, we can talk about how good uh, Jamie is and how good the, the Christensen team is, um, but these games have been very competitive. Yeah, and, and so it, it, I think it, you're right, Jerry. It says a lot for the future of the women's division in the USA currently. Yeah, and a couple of young teams in the Potals uh, from right here in Fargo had a really great time talking with them in the fifth in break uh, last night. Uh, two girls with really good personality, excited to be here. You know, their dad has put. Uh, a lot of time certain years uh, into their development as their coach and um, they're experiencing their first nationals and uh, you know it's good to see these new faces here it's uh, you know like you just mentioned you know the Sinclairs the Christensen's that we're used to but to see new new faces new teams that's the future yeah you had uh, was it Susanna View Susanna View yep and, and uh, Mar- Mar- Barrett yep um, you know what really mature discussions as well yeah. You know, they talked about uh, learning from their losses. And, you know, they're coming in here and they're not feeling, you know, they know they're going to lose games here. But they've, they've put it in the right perspective. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was really neat to hear how they're talking about the game and what their approach is. And, and for them, this is a, you know, this is step, you know, step one in the women's ranks. Yep. Towards, a, you know, a long future in the game and, and more opportunity down the line. Now, I'd like to see what happens if if Anne, for example, she's at one and one. If she can get to two and two, or maybe two and three, uh, see what you know kind of crowd support she can get here locally. There hasn't been that big of crowds here, but if a local team is doing well, I'd love to see you know uh, a cheering section specifically for for the local team. That'd be kind of fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. As uh, you know, a veteran playing with uh, Team Christensen, she has uh, stepped in uh, admirably as Corey is scheduled to be here today. Natalie, a, a veteran, a, an Olympian, 2010, uh, has competed at numerous world championships in, in years past. It's great to see her back out on the ice and uh, enjoyed uh, getting to meet her a little bit earlier. I hadn't met her before, but here's uh, Natalie Nicholson just kind of talking about uh, uh, a year and a half out of retirement and coming right back out on the ice to uh, to help out uh, Team Christensen, but specifically the Andersons uh, and Jenna Martin here in the first couple days before Corey returns. Oh, it's good. It's fun to have the opportunity to fill in um, for Corey and to play with the girls. They're a fun crew. It's um, nice to be able to play at nationals again when you kind of think like, oh, I'm retired, take a year and a half off type deal. And, um, but, yeah, it feels good. It's always nice to play on um, our ice. Our ice makers are one of the best. Yeah. Looked like you just picked up right where you left off. You didn't have any hiccups at all. Looked like you just kind of roll right through. There are some things that keep coming back, you know, in terms of reminders and... um but it's fun. Like the the girls are really flexible in terms of you know we, we adjusted a couple things in terms of pregame practice and um, even matching rocks. We mm-hmm. made a couple adjustments and they're really flexible and um, willing to learn those things and try different things. And I think that's part of just growing as a team and mm-hmm. being adaptable. So it's good. Um, yeah, the ice feels great. How many, uh, how many more draws? Like, what's the situation with Corey? She's coming back uh, in week? Or? Yes, she's coming back on Monday. Okay. And then I'm going to go back home after Monday's 2.30 game. Okay. Because I'm going to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. Yep. And then maybe come back? I'll come back Thursday night. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. So I started a new job. Um, working for a nonprofit organization cool. my mom had co-founded, so awesome. it's really exciting for me on the work front. Yeah. So I'm excited to be able to go back home and work a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. So there's Natalie Nicholson. You'll sub out one Olympian for another. Is Corey Christensen going to uh, reportedly supposed to be here for this 2:30 draw? Uh, snowstorm ongoing outside should be here uh, in plenty of time, but we will see here in just a little bit as that draw gets underway. But uh, you know, let's put a book on this episode, guys. Uh, Justin Marshall, Megan Lino, appreciate them, our Paralympians. And we've got a whole lot more coming here this week from Shields Arena, guys, uh, in Fargo, snowy Fargo today. Uh, but just moving forward, a couple big days, Joe, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, four draw days each. You can fill all your workday needs by checking out uh, the TSN broadcast, spearheaded by B.A. Brian Anderson, yourself, and uh, I'll play a small role in, in things, but you guys uh, just do a fantastic job bringing this into homes, living rooms, iPads, iPhones, everywhere around the country, you know, quenching the curling thirst for everybody nationwide. Thanks, Bryce. I hope everybody at home is having as much fun as we are. And, you know, last night we had a social interaction night. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We had about 50, 60 uh, questions that came in during the, the broadcast, and uh, we'll try to do one or more of those, I think, at some point during the the week. So. Tune in to usacurl.org for all uh, your webcasting uh, nationals needs. And Jerry, uh, Joe, uh, the, the Oscars uh, movie buff here, has uh, developed a Oscars correspondent for us last night. We were getting live, real-time updates from a, uh, from a viewer, or a cor- I should say a correspondent, our unofficial Oscars correspondent. So we were able to provide on-spot Oscar uh, news and analysis, maybe not so much the analysis. I think Joe had seen more of the movies than B.A. and I had combined. So he was able to uh, to kind of 
touch on a few of the flicks. I, I, I like to call Coco it. Coco was one of them. I'd like I to call it a recap. I don't want to call it play by play. I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> with the Oscar people. But I, I call it counter programming. Also, I think if if you are, are tired of you know Oscar ceremonies where they can't even get the winners right, you know we can do that here. We can get the winners correct at USA Curling. Um, all you got to do is watch. Social Interaction Night, Jerry, also brought out a, uh, when somebody asked what's the most lopsided game you've been a part of on both sides of the ledger, it also brought a historical um, a historical game from years, years ago. Yeah, it was something like 46-4 to four or something, where Great Britain beat France in some game in 1930-something. It was some Wikipedia fact somebody sent yeah, us. Nice. <laughs> I don't know how long the games I, were in those days, but they were pretty long, if I remember right. Well, they did used to play 14 ends at yeah. one point, so there was definitely a few more Goodness. games. And 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 uh, conceding was really not part of the game the same way it is now. Yeah, um, it used to be a case where you'd run out of stones, and then you would be then you would shake hands. So, yeah. you know, it would take you know that one probably you know probably somewhere in the seventh or eighth <laughs> end out of 14, maybe they ran out. But that still doesn't make sense, but yeah, they're they. They probably played it out and needs, needed some uh, needed some pr- time on the ice. So social interaction night's going to come back again. We had fun with that last night, Joe. Hashtag 2018 Nationals, and you can tweet us at 12th in Sports. And if you really want to get exotic, hashtag curling is cool fool. That will also get it to us, and uh, we will do that again. Appreciate everybody listening, Jerry. Yeah, I'd just like to throw a shout-out to BA and the work he's done on the yep. system. Um, you know what? It's... What they do and what you fans at home get to watch USA Curling uh, do is cutting edge. The the technology behind the scenes that he uses, the cameras aren't quite there. You know, now we need millions of dollars to help support these guys. But you know, the the software package that BA has built and tying everything in and all the information that is that is floated out there for the fans to follow. It's amazing, and it really is is setting the bar in our sport. It, yeah, uh, just real quick, Brian set up something special <coughs> this year on our Tuck Estrader. Yep. I want to share with us real quick. We got a measuring device. If you haven't tuned in yet, if we get two rocks that are real close together, we can actually try to figure out which one's closer more scientifically than ever before. And um, I, It's one for one, I think, in actual measurement to um, our unofficial measurement. Um, VA's given us the deuce over there. Maybe two or three two times. Or three. Yeah, I don't know if it, we've officially gotten word, but on a counter, it was one for one. I know that. It was yeah. so cool and exciting stuff. The tuckestration probably took all of BA sitting over there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe five total rocks in the first game, the men's game, on Saturday afternoon for Joe to go to the tuckestrator for the first time. And, you know, pretty much almost uh, one time per per end so far in every game. Yeah, you know, it, it's fun. It's a touch screen now, so uh, we have a lot more fun with it than ever before. It, um, real excited to see sort of what comes next from Brian. We've got some ideas. Yep, more to come. A lot more to come, especially more curling to come. Big day a little bit later. we got two draws left today, Monday, March the 5th. We obviously have packed days Tuesday and Wednesday before we kind of start turning for home on Thursday here in snowy Fargo, but that'll do it from high above Shields Arena. So we'll come to you a little bit later in the week. Again, you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can get every episode there. We're featured uh, on Playapod as well. Don't play of, course, a pod. of course, don't forget the front page curling zone. That's we'll right. have it up there too shortly. You, you, you stole my thunder. I was about to close with make sure that you check out all your curling needs when it comes to stats, forums, 
news articles, gossip, and a whole lot more. CurlingZone.com, led by our own favorite stats guy himself, getting media hits nationwide now for his analytics work, Jerry Gertz. All right, that'll do it. Joe Calabrese, Bryce Atkinson, and that Jerry Gertz here from Shields Arena. We'll talk to you a little bit later in the week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics. Ready for a different kind of distance? In South Dakota's open spaces, there's room to ride stop and explore when you're ready to travel great places are waiting learn more at travelsouthdakota.com the nba is back where else can you get this type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters jalen brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of la is real people and 30 feet is still in range Hurry. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT.